0: What did you think? Goal or no goal?
1: Leon is limping, Connor is scoring, and the Edmonton Oilers are off to the Western Conference Final. Welcome to 32 Thoughts, the podcast presented by the all-new GMC AT4 lineup. And Elliot, I am happy to announce the car casts are back, which means that my power has come back on. Yes, excellent. From the comfort of my basement. we got to start with the Battle of Alberta.
0: Right. Now, first of all, first of all, before we talk about your opinion on the on the call. Yep. Uh, I, I want to say this. I, I don't think that any Calgary fans should be saying they lost the series because of this call. Like Edmonton deserved the win. There were two games where the Flames had two nothing leads like game two. They were up two nothing after blowing them out in game one. And again, tonight in Game 5, and they couldn't hold them. You know, that's why they lost the series, not because of the disputed goal. And I think that's important to mention.
1: Having said that, this goal will be discussed. Like, you thought that the uh, the Marty Jelena goal <laughs> in the Calgary-Tampa series was a source of discussion? Well, now meet the Blake Coleman. Did he kick it or did he not? going to charge back in. Back in.
0: After a video review,
1: there's no going to play the out. What do you think? I think that what happened here is he was actually bracing himself as his leg extended because both his feet got tied up with the pads. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, you scramble to stretch out your legs to get some type of a base with your feet. Now, I will also say... I'm pretty sure that if I'm Blake Coleman in that moment I also see a puck that's about that's heading towards the net and as I'm extending to brace myself I'm trying to gently make sure this thing gets safe passage past the goal line. It's going to be tough for a lot of people to handle that call.
0: Yeah. Well, look, I, like I understand the safety side of it I do. Like you know, oh, yeah. you have kids, right? They're 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 sharpening skates sharper than ever. That is true. So I I do understand
1: I understand the safety element of it as well. I just I don't know if it can be a situation where as long as the as long as the blade doesn't leave the ice, uh, as long as the blade stays on the ice and you're directing the puck in, maybe it's fine that way because that's what the Coleman goal was. I like that. You know, as long as the blade doesn't come up over the ice, I mean if it comes over the ice, maybe that's the point where you say no goal. I don't know. I'm 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 reaching for things here. All I know is that one to me looked and felt like it should be a goal. And for that, I think the Flames got jobbed on that one. I don't think this thing should have got to overtime.
0: Fair enough. You saw what happened on the air. I agreed with you. I I think it's really funny, Jeff, that you and I, the non-athletes here... How dare you, sir? (laughs) You are less of a non-athlete than I am. But you and I, the non-athletes here, think it's the goal. Because I thought the same thing you did. His... He got. He ran into the pad. He was out of control. He was. He as much as anything, he's trying not to crash into the net. Coleman, and you know, I I, I just felt that it was. I just felt that that was not egregious enough. Like one of the things that's going around there is a the goal that Chris Turney scored this year, which is much more of an egregious. Uh, kicking motion than that one was so i just felt i've seen goals this year that were kicked harder that were goals but i, I think it's fascinating that the two elite athletes on our panel kevin <laughs> bx and jen Botterell, are like he knew exactly what he was doing but like i'll say this like my phone blew up uh, from people who played hockey or watch hockey and there were a lot of people i thought i was right and there were a lot of people who thought i was completely wrong mm-hmm. which is probably the way it was but i just feel with you that look like i said edmonton won this series they earned this series they deserved this series i just thought that that was a goal and i didn't like to see that one taken off the scoreboard in such a big, big game. And uh, I'm sure that the commissioner of the NHL is not looking forward to his call from Calgary ownership
1: tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, no, not at all. Um, but at the end of it, it goes to overtime and it's Connor McDavid who even, you know, in his interview with Scott Oak, you know, talked about how this wasn't (laughs) the best game by him, but nonetheless sending the Edmonton Oilers to the Western Conference final. This was a wild one. That second period was insane. Four goals in a minute, 11 pair of goals, 16 seconds apart, three goals in 31 seconds. This was a freakish Elliot second period.
0: It was just another night of phenomenal playoffs. You know, we have been really blessed this year with, you know, the first round and now the second round. And we have just been blessed with high, high uh, drama games. And, you know, sometimes you get years like this, and we're very lucky that we've been given the gift of it. Uh, the, The quality of play has been so high. I, I, but I have to say, like, I'm amazed at the way this series went. Considering, you know, you look at Calgary all year, you look at Edmonton all year, like, things happened in this series that you just wouldn't expect. I can't believe how the Flames couldn't hold leads against Edmonton, a team that locked it down all season and has a goalie who will probably be the runner-up for the Vesna Trophy this year.
1: Let's pause on that for a second if we can. Sure. Are you comfortable saying that Jake Ottinger almost, almost stole a series? Yes. That he almost stole the series against the Calgary Flames? Yes. Are you conversely comfortable saying that Jacob Markstrom lost a series for the Calgary Flames. No. The one thing the one the, the the one thing that I can't help wondering is how different is this series if there's better goaltending from Calgary? Well,
0: I, I think it's definitely different. Like, like I think the one thing is that Ottinger almost won the series for Dallas, but Markstrom had no margin for error and played phenomenal.
1: I'm not disputing that. He was excellent. Yeah. He was fantastic against Dallas.
0: Yes, I agree with that. I think that. You know, I asked some people around, like I know when Kelly's not there, I'm kind of the goalie expert on the panel, but I asked some people around, you know, who know more about goaltending than I do about what they saw in Markstrom. And they said he got knocked out of his comfort zone by Edmonton speed. They felt that, you know, all year long, Calgary could dictate where the shots were coming from and they could lock teams down. They couldn't do that against the Oilers and Markstrom got thrown. And that's what the theory is. I mean, we'll see what he has to say. Yeah. I, I think, too, the of injury, that threw off all of Calgary's coverage and pairs and things like that. Again, these are all things you have to deal with in the playoffs. And Edmonton, I just felt, was the better team. McDavid was unreal. Dreisaitl was incredible.
1: Oh my God, Dreisaitl.
0: Hyman was really good. Kane was really good. Fuliarvi had the big goal tonight. And you know what? I thought that their group of defensemen were excellent. They didn't make a lot of mistakes. Like early in the year, when Edmonton was really struggling, you would see a whole ton of mistakes. I really thought in this series, they were excellent. They didn't beat themselves. And you know what you're getting with Smith? You're getting a goaltender who's going to have some plays that are going to make you look like, what the hell did I just see? but he competes hard. And I think the players know that they know that he's always going to compete hard for that. And, um, you know, Calgary, their first line, I I don't know what happened there. Kachuk, you know, I I was watching Kachuk with the puck in the, in, in game uh, five. He never really carried it a ton. He got it and he gave it to someone else. Like it was, the the whole thing was just very strange. There. They were really discombobulated.
1: I've wondered about Kachuk going back to the Michael Raffle fight. If his hand is okay. Like we're going to get the big reveal here soon about who's, who's dinged up and, and who needs what I've always, I've, again, I don't know anything. I'm just wondering. Cause I'm seeing the same thing that you're seeing. I'm just wondering about his hand since the raffle fight. I don't know. Getting back to Markstrom really quick. You know, one, one of the interesting things here is that, you know, Markstrom was almost an oiler. You know, Edmonton was about two hours away from, you know, believing they had Jacob Markstrom locked up. And then he went to the Calgary Flames and Edmonton had to had to had to scramble and a lot of things got scuttled.
0: And they were angry about it.
1: They thought they had it. They thought they had Markstrom. Yeah. And I think I I, I, correct me if I'm wrong here. I think it was two hours before the free agency window officially opened. And he's like, no, I'm out.
0: Well, I don't know what the exact timeline was. I heard Edmonton had a deal for seven times five. That was always the story I was told. And Edmonton thought they had a deal too. And the night before, and then the next day, I don't know what the timeline was. I heard they had no deal. But I mean, Markstrom's been great for Calgary. I mean, you can't... Vesna, he's going to be the runner-up. Shosturkin's going to win. You're right.
1: He's going to be the runner-up though.
0: For this series, I, I think that's the thing that will leave most people looking about this series and saying, what happened here was just Markstrom, who had no margin for error in Series 1 and was phenomenal, Yeah. all of a sudden, like, like, I, like I, I'm going to go back and watch some of these games and I'm still not really sure what happened. It was, they won Game 1, they're up 2 nothing in Game 2. It, it just slipped away from them. And I shouldn't say it just slipped away. Like, McDavid ripped it out of their hands and then came the rest of the Oilers with them. I'm sure the Flames are probably sitting here saying, what happened?
1: Yeah, We're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Oilers in the days and probably weeks to come here, as now they'll face off against the winner of the Colorado Avalanche St. Louis Blues series. I know it's really raw. Maybe we should leave it for a couple of days, but... This was a great season for the Calgary Flames and we can't help but wonder what's next. Like the regular season was fantastic. The Dallas series was a scare and the Edmonton series out in 5. Before we get into it, we'll do this on a, maybe the next podcast, Elliot. But do you have a quick thought on, you know, what's going through the minds of whether it's Treliving, whether it's sutter, whether it's above both of them? You know, it doesn't feel good to be a member of the Calgary Flames organization right now. But you have a thought on where they're at and maybe where they're going?
0: I think it's too soon. I, I think we'll do this on Sunday's podcast because right now I'm sure they're in shock. They, they never thought that this series would be over in five games. You know, they really believed that they had the team to take them far. And yes, you're right. Now a lot of very difficult decisions have to be made. Goudreau, chuck uh go on down i i, I want to think about it a bit more and see some of the reactions over the next 24 to 48 hours before we we talk about this
1: okay so the what's the what's next episode for the calgary flames comes up uh when we record the sunday podcast meanwhile game five true to form <laughs> carolina hurricanes and the new york rangers uh carolina I don't know what it is about playing at home. They look like they can't be beaten. That was such an impressive performance from the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you know, right from that, you know, the, the confidence that Jordan Stahl had making that saucer pass to Vincent Trocheck. Game four. Here's Stahl, short-handed. one, And they score!
0: A short-handed goal! Trocek! He takes that sweet dish from Jordan Stahl over Keandre Miller sliding...
1: He you only do that when you're a supremely A, gifted, and B, confident hockey player. And that, to me, was the Carolina Hurricanes all night long. It started with that goal. It finished up with the Sveshnikov goal. Uh, and now the Carolina Hurricanes have the New York Rangers on the brink of elimination. 3-1 to one is the final score of the series now. 3-2 Hurricanes. Your thoughts on Game 5?
0: I thought Moore was playing the way that Carolina played. Like There were a lot of guys who reminded me of Brindamore on the ice. They dominated the neutral zone. They forechecked like crazy. You know, the Rangers never really got unglued in this one. They were in the game, obviously. Um, it was close. Um, I thought the overrule was the right call. And, yeah. But, but I, I just think that the Hurricanes imposed their will on them and made it very difficult for the Rangers to get up ice. Like, that was a Carolina game. And maybe we shouldn't be surprised because they're at home. Now these guys got to do it on the road. I I just thought that was a game where the Hurricanes really imposed their will. They played like Brindamore played, just dominating them, checking them, disrupting their offense. You know, even though it was close, I just felt that it reminded me of some of those close games against Boston or even against New York early in the series where they were one-goal games. But I th- I felt that the Hurricanes were completely in charge.
1: Uh, and Rod Brindemore, after the game, you know, uh, talked about as much. He said that uh, the yeah, it's the kind of game we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. He said er- everyone played well. Like if you looked, like, honestly, like, if you looked at that game, you would come away with, holy smokes, nobody's going to beat the Carolina Hurricanes. Like they just played. Uh, and it's not just the goals either. It's not just Trocek, Taravainen, and Sveshnikov, and, you know, Antti Ranta, who really wasn't that tested in this one. You know, he didn't have to make, you know, 35 saves or anything. But if you watch the game for you're saying to yourself, yeah, wow, this is, uh, these guys are going to be a, 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 a tough out. Like, how do you beat the Carolina Hurricanes? But the question remains, man, why are they so different at home? They're perfect, 7-0. and Mm-hmm. why are they so different at home than they are on the road? And it's not just against the Rangers. It was against the Bruins too.
0: Maybe they don't like hotel mattresses.
1: That's got to be it. Or uh hotel room service. I don't know. <laughs> I don't sleep well at hotel. I don't sleep well at hotels either. So I I understand that.
0: Really? I didn't know you don't
1: No, I hate it. I hate it. Fridge.
0: You're a total weirdo. I really do. You know that? You really are a weird guy.
1: <laughs> I don't do well in hotels.
0: I can fall asleep anywhere. You're, you're nuts. Well, Not me. You, well, the other thing, too, for Carolina I thought that was important was, you know, Trochek got a cookie. I, I thought that was, you know, really important for them. Shorthanded. Yeah. I really like the way Jarvis, you know, that, that he had an unbelievable pass tonight. And Trochek also, Ron pointed out, if you watch the Jarvis pass that sets up the winning goal, Trochik actually goes in front of the net to kind of shield Shusterkin. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult for him to pick up what, what Jarvis was doing. So I, I think, you know, Trochik having a good night is, is, a, is a good sign for the Hurricanes. There's, there's no reason that they can't win this in six games, except they stink on the road. You know, the other thing too is I'm, I'm just watching this series, and I think the Hurricanes have shown, and they showed it tonight that they have a higher level they can get to. I, I, I'm looking at some of the Rangers forwards, and boy, do I think Lafreniere, I mentioned it last time, boy, do I think Lafreniere is coming on. And I, I'm just wondering, some of those Ranger forwards, I'm just not sure right now they have that higher level. They've just been dominated in some games, and mm-hmm. you know now you know, they've played a lot of elimination games and, and, and done really well. I I, Just some of them I kind of look at and I say, is there more there? I've looked at some of the Hurricanes players and said, oh, there's more there. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking at some of the Rangers and I'm just saying, are we getting the best that they can give us?
1: We shall see on Saturday. Uh, Could be a closeout for the Carolina Hurricanes or we could be going back to Raleigh. Okay, before we get, Elliot, to some news of the day, um, Colorado and St. Louis, you talk about barn burner games, mm-hmm. that was one. You know, if there was <laughs> if there was a hockey god, the Nathan McKinnon goal, the end-to-end rush would have been it, yep. and that would have salted it away, and it would have been the perfect Ending to that hockey game. But the problem is the St. Louis Blues said we're not going out that way. Uh, overtime heroics from Tyler Bozak. Before that, Robert Thomas ties it up. A really nice play by Justin Falk to make sure that Gabriel Landeskog cannot score into an open net. And we are going to a game six on Friday night. free. your thoughts on game five, the Avs, the Blues at Ball Arena.
0: Well, the, the, one of the biggest differences to me was that the Blues, who completely lost their composure, in game four, showed a ton of it in, in game number five. And that was a major reason they won. I thought Falk played an unbelievable game. Uh, I thought some of their other guys did too, but I thought Falk was totally huge in keeping the puck in, for example, uh, just before they scored to the tie it in regulation. Mm-hmm. And also, like I was curious about this because Kevin and I had a conversation about it. Landeskog on the empty netter, or, or try, he waited to gain the blue line. Falk was able to cut him off and, and, and knock the puck away. I mean, I'm not going to tell Gabriel Landeskog what to do, but I thought he should have shot it. What do you think?
1: Most players do that now.
0: Yes. Most, most players.
1: And so I, I asked someone about this uh, with an NHL team, and I said, like, you know, wh- why does everybody now shoot? Because if you miss the net, you're coming right back for a face-off. And the answer I got back was, first of all, you could completely end the game so it's a it's mm-hmm. a it's a it's a it's a smart risk two if you skate the, the puck up the ice there's a chance that the puck will turn over and that generally goes poorly for the the team that's just turned the puck over and thirdly if it comes back to a faceoff it's 50-50 mm-hmm. or you know or 55-45 or 60-40 or whatever like the odds are still in your favor that's the thinking behind why guys oh, even though it's you know before center guys are just now more than ever because you know you play the probabilities and you play the math it says you know go for it chances are you're going to be fine
0: when we were kids jeff and i was a lousy hockey player get center yeah get center like never ice it like that was the rule yeah. and somewhere along the way that is changed
1: Anal- analytics analytics yes they said don't worry about a, don't don't worry about a face off don't worry about a face off it's a 50-50 plus you could kill the game right there and it just it, it, this one person explained it so well to me like that can, makes complete sense complete sense sorry you're saying about stewie
0: i'm, I'm glad you cut me off because that was a good explanation uh just don't do it again uh so stewie <laughs> stewie made the point that he thought the abs might have been afraid of o'reilly that o'reilly was killing them so badly in the face-off circle that they didn't want to give him another chance which might be true like i mean that's a good theory that's a good theory he's good yeah no doubt um so stewie did a couple of good things he figured that out and he hid the twinkie uh, for the, the people were showing. Oh my Twitter. God, that
1: was the best. That's the funniest thing ever.
0: Twinkie, <laughs> Stewie. <laughs> you know, I, I think the thing is, like all the pressure is on the Avalanche. Like, I, I think they're okay to handle it. I, I really do. But, you know, now you got to talk about it for another 48 hours. And does it get to you at all? Um, like, I don't think home road matters at all. You know, the Avalanche won a couple in St. Louis already. Um, and, like you know, I, I thought that McKinnon showed that whatever has phased them in the past, it clearly isn't bothering him here. Um, but I think they're going to be okay. I, I, I really do. Um, but the other thing, too, is I just wonder what that does for huso Because, mm. you know, he really battled and he needed a good result and he got one. Like, what's the mindset on the goalies? huso probably feels really good about himself. Yeah. How does Kemper feel? I think Colorado should be okay, but you know that's a that's a really smart mature team in the blues and they already had their emotional screw up this series. Yeah. And I'm not expecting it to happen again.
1: I want to ask you about Tyler Bozak. Now yeah. that line by the end really wasn't playing at all. Bozak, Barbashev, yeah. and Walker. Like they were not they were not hitting the ice so bozak is the uh scores the game-winning goal a great tweet from his wife molly you know who else is freaking out like what a what a wonderful tweet that was that was mm-hmm. that was that was a lot of fun and here's tyler bozak and a couple of things so he goes from being a five million dollar hockey player to going to free agency to watching the music wind down and no chairs available for him and it's back to st louis uh, on a seven hundred fifty thousand dollars bonus laden contract, I think if you get through round one was a hundred thousand dollars. Round two, I think is one hundred and fifty uh, for Tyler yep. Bozak. I remember talking to Colby Armstrong about him once. Now Tyler Bozak mm-hmm. is a, is you know an older player since playing with the Maple Leafs and Tyler Bozak. And Colby brought up the point that. Tyler Bozak is a dream to play with as a center. And I said, why is that? And he said, he does all the stuff that makes it easy for everybody else. Mm -hmm. He said, the game is really simple when you play with Tyler Bozak. He said, wingers love playing with this guy because the game is really simple up and down the ice. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have a thought on Tyler Bozak and what's been a really, I guess, wild last 12 months of his career?
0: Well, you signed Tyler Bozak, so that maybe you get a couple of moments like this during a playoff, like a veteran who's seen everything and makes a big play for you. And you know, that, that goal, that, that makes it all worthwhile.
1: That's, that's, that's the $750,000 goal.
0: That pays his salary. Cause you're, you're sitting there and you're saying, you're hoping that when you're in trouble in a playoff series, I mean, you want to get into the playoffs, obviously, but Tyler Bozak is there. Because when you get into a playoff series, you're hoping that he can make some smart plays for you here and there mm-hmm. and have a positive impact and doesn't get more positive than that.
1: That was a huge one. I was really happy for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for all kinds of players like that that have their great overtime uh, overtime moments. OK, so we'll look forward to game six between the Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues on Friday. Uh, So some news and notes from around the NHL. Um, Barry Trotz and the Philadelphia Flyers. So as you and I talked about on the radio show today, um, Barry Trotz has already had his interview with the Philadelphia Flyers. Elliot, I believe it was earlier this week, but I don't get the sense that Barry Trotz is close at all to making a decision on where he wants to go. What have you been able to glean the latest with the Flyers and their head coaching search?
0: Well, they've interviewed a few people already. Like they had... They had Tortorella in there. I think they're going to talk to Tockett. You know, Trotz, obviously, as you mentioned. Uh, now that Calgary is out, I think Kirk Muller probably starts getting some interviews in both Philadelphia and Winnipeg, potentially. Mm-hmm. But another name I heard that Philadelphia had uh, some interest in who they talked to was uh, Mike Vellucci, who's an assistant in Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, I heard he was interviewed there. And uh, you know there are there are some assistant coaches, like you know Volucci's been around a long time, Yes, he's been in the American Hockey League, he's been in the Ontario Hockey League. He's worked as an executive and a coach, and uh, I heard he uh, interviewed with uh, Philadelphia this week, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got more interviews than that one.
1: Just uh, we're talking about assistant coaches, uh, Jim Montgomery. Would that be a a coach of interest, perhaps for the Flyers?
0: Yes, but he, you know, he's still working. I kind of add them in as they become available.
1: Not, not me. I just no. I, I get ahead of myself, Phil. I just get way ahead of myself. Just
0: throw it. You, out there. You've <laughs> already got new teams next year for certain players who are going. You're like you're like Stewie. He's got Valerie Detchushka making eight times eight somewhere next year. Every,
1: everybody gets all of that. That guy is going to get paid, by the way, though. But that's a, that's a, that's, that, oh, that's yeah. for that's for another story.
0: That's for another story. Yes. But I, you know, I, I think absolutely Montgomery is on the radar, too. Absolutely.
1: As we wrap up, I wanted to mention the Rick Westhead piece on TSN. So uh, Rick reporting that the, uh, a settlement has been reached uh, in a lawsuit accusing members of the 2018 Team Canada World Junior Team of sexual assaults. Uh, also named in the suit, uh, both Hockey Canada and the CHL, the Canadian Hockey League, in the suit, the uh, the unnamed woman maintains that Hockey Canada was aware of the assault and did not investigate. Hockey Canada, meanwhile, maintains, uh, when informed, they informed police. Elliot.
0: So I didn't have any inkling of this story before Rick reported it today. Um, you know, my reaction when I read it was probably the same as everybody else's. The uh, details. Uh, unproven in court are are gruesome and very disturbing. Like hockey doesn't need these stories. I think I feel the same way as everybody else does, but I really don't want to say too much until I have more of a handle on it. And the key thing that came out tonight was the NHL announcing that it will be investigating if any of these players are are, are in the league and if any, they're going to have any action in the future. So Clearly, this is not over and there's more to come. Mm -hmm. And like everybody else, I hate to read this. This is the last thing the sport needs and nobody deserves to be treated this way. I really don't have a a firm handle on this and what the true details are. And until I do and have a better idea of potentially where this is going, I I don't want to say too much more other than that. Mm -hmm. Like everybody else. I found the story awful to read, and, and it's the last thing that hockey needs.
1: I know it's a horrible way to end the podcast. Uh, I would just like to pass along that I hope that that woman is okay, mine, and I think all of our main thoughts are with her. Yes, 100%. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll be back early next week.
0: Flipping a coin and giving a tip Killing a service on with on My cousin, he walk with a lip Carrying weight like a carry-on Shouted, she
1: giving me lip the hush and the carry on Emotions are telling to quit Logic is something I carry on Imagine me flying and soaring Ain't got a cape I got on your favorite song Saving the day, okay Singing away the pain You feeling real better And now I'm missing the song I have the sun. Buy a song My bad gun Come my seat With prayer and fun That's all I want That's where I'm from Isn't it son? the light